Hey friends, welcome back to the Knowing Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I am Audrey and I am your host and I am so happy to be here with you all. If you like what you're here listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe to the Knowing Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player so you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are you all doing? I wanted to share with you all a little bit about our book club. We're doing part two of Anti-Racist Ally, an introduction to activism and action by Sophie Williams. If you all are interested in joining the conversation, our next book club meeting is on Tuesday, April 20th at 7.30 p.m. Chicago time. Our book club focuses on being a small group setting for listening, discussion, and action work with a main focus on racial injustice. And I would love for you to consider. If you're interested, DM us on our social medias at No Wrong Turns Pod or email us at NoWrongTurnsPod at gmail.com. Listeners, welcome to our 36th episode with Aurora Lee, the minimalist mama. I found our guest Aurora from her Instagram at Simply Rory. I'll tag them in our show notes and it's at S-I-M-P-L-E-E dot R-O-R-Y. Like many of you, I have watched the famed Marie Kondo Netflix special and I learned how to fold and condense my drawers. From that time, I have been dabbling with learning more about minimalism because I want to spend more time enjoying life than managing my literal stuff. On Aurora's Instagram, she shares about this idea of less stuff and uh, and more of what truly matters through encouragements, tips for simple, intentional, and low-waste living. We will be listening to Aurora sharing her story and her passions in two parts. Here in episode 36, we will learn about Aurora's background and life before and starting minimalism. Then, in episode 37, we'll take a deep dive into Aurora's passion for simple living and minimalism. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Aurora's story as she highlights her passions of simple living, Jesus, and motherhood. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Aurora. Welcome back to the No Wrong Turns pod. Today on the podcast, we have Aurora. Hey, how are you doing? I am good. How are you? Excited to be here. Great. Awesome. Well, can you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Kind of tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, and um, any fun facts that you want to share with us? Yeah, of course. Um, Hello, everybody. My name is Aurora. And I currently live in central Illinois with my husband and two children. I have a seven-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And um, I was actually uh, born and grew up in Indonesia. So it's a country in Southeast Asia. So yeah, I spent my childhood there. um, And I left home when I was 17, 18 years old to attend university in Canada. And I lived there for, I would say nine to 10 years. And I met my husband there and we moved to the United States um, in the summer of 2014. And we've been here ever since. Awesome. So I, you mentioned that you're from Indonesia and you spent your kind mm-hmm. of growing up time there. Did anything in your growing up years like, were there any like hobbies or passions or kind of life events that have kind of uh, stuck out to you and kind of framed you to be the person you are? I mean, I guess I would say everything about <laughs> <but> my childhood. 
But yeah, I grew up in a pretty modest family. My dad works, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so um, it's nice to have her um, a lot around when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I have a younger brother as well. And I don't know, like looking back, thinking about my childhood, we had, we didn't have like too much extra, but I remember all the essentials, like everything that we needed, we mm-hmm. had. So, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so she always, you know, cooks home-cooked meals. So we had that and, you know, we went to a good school, you know, we had a house, it's small, but mm-hmm. it's ours. So yeah, I feel like we, all the essentials that we needed, we had, but we also did not leave like a luxurious or like a lavish um, lifestyle. And um, I would say that would probably one of the highlights of my childhood that, Mm -hmm. you know, when we, when I think about the past that I remember mostly about just experiences of growing up, like, you know, the funny moments, you know, the sweet, happy moments, we would look back and just remember those. And those were the ones that leave sort of a much more impression, even to this day, like when we talk about them, they still give us like all these feels, you know, whenever Mm. we would kind of gather. Now everybody just kind of live in different parts of the world. My parents are still back in Indonesia. Um, I'm here right now with my family and I have a brother who lives in Toronto. But yeah, whenever we would meet and gather, we would talk about the past. And these are stories and the experiences that we had growing up were the ones that just kind of stood out and Mm -hmm. just leave such a impression to us even to this day. So, yeah. That's great. So I want to ask you, so you said you left home at 17 to go to college in Canada. So Mm. I'm just kind of curious um, how you, how you uh, made the jump from Indonesia all the way across the world to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely quite a big jump because it's literally (laughs) (laughs) the other side of the world. But yeah, we, my parents just always had this dream to send uh, me and my brother uh, abroad for university and college. Mm. And it was definitely, um, looking back, it was definitely one of the miracles that we experienced as a family to be able to have that opportunity. And um, yeah, we, my parents looked out different places, different countries, and they believed Mm -hmm. that Canada would be the best place for um, me and my brother too. Mm -hmm. He came three, four years later after I went. And yeah, it definitely was an experience. That was the first time I was by myself, had to rely on myself. Definitely starting abroad was an experience of just growing up and self-discovery learning to lean on God for sure every mm-hmm. step of the way and yeah but it also opened up a lot of opportunities meeting people from different parts of the world um, just different way of thinking different mindset different perspectives different cultures so yeah I I'm just forever grateful for that opportunity and that gift that my parents were able to give me and my brother and yeah that was that was amazing. Awesome. So I'm also kind of curious what you majored in in college. Ooh, I did psychology. Psychology. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then after you finished um, college, uh, I'm guessing four, was it four years? 
It was a four-year program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then after you kind of were at a turning point to decide, were you going to stay there or did you plan to go back to Indonesia? What was your, what, what were you thinking for your next step? Oh yeah. There was definitely a time I would say in my sophomore year, I guess that I was like, after I'm done with this four year, I'm just going to go home. Yeah. But third year and fourth year, having to experience college and other opportunities, I was like, I think I wanted to stay here mm-hmm. um, in Canada and find working opportunities and things like that. And I was actually had a dream to either do my master's or PhD as well. But mm-hmm. I guess God had different plans for me <laughs> for this season of life. Um, Yeah, so I worked, I stayed in Canada and I worked as a uh, early childhood education teacher for uh, for a couple of years. And then I got married and then had my own uh, son. And then a year after we moved to the States. Awesome. Today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands, The Skin Store has you covered for all of your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more, all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, The Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at skinstore.com backslash P-O-D dot L-I-S-T. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply. So um, after, I know that one of your big passions is simple living and um, minimalism. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, when did that start for you? Have we hit it in your journey yet? Or was that more after you moved to the States? Oh, it was definitely more after. So my story with simple living, it basically started because I was just I would say I was just at the peak of my exhaustion and Mm -hmm. frustration of just constantly picking things up, tidying things up and cleaning things up. And Mm -hmm. one of the problems uh, too was that clutter just kind of makes me anxious and stressed out, but also constantly tidying things up and picking things up also stresses me out too. So it was just like one bad uh, vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And I noticed that my mood was just terrible. My energy level was terrible. I always felt like I just had no time to do anything else. All all I did during the day was just cleaning up, picking things up or telling the kids to pick things up. You know, it just revolves around cleaning up. And I was just like, is this it? (laughs) Is this my life to just constantly clean up? And I just didn't have the time and energy to hang up with my husband after the day ends, after the kids go to bed. So I was just at the point where I'm just done and I knew something has got to change. 
So what was kind of like the, the catalyst or after you, you were realizing like, this is exhausting picking up all this stuff. Cause I definitely see with my, my friends um, who have kids or even just for mm-hmm. myself of just kind of like your, you know, after work hours, kind of like revolving around like tidying up and around like things, I guess you could say. So what, what was kind of like the the catalyst that, or maybe were you introduced to the idea of um, like minimalism, simple living, and how did you, I guess, how did you get introduced to that in your exhaustion of picking up all the things? <laughs> yeah, of course. So yeah, so I was just feeling done and I knew something has got to change. So um, first thing that I went to was YouTube. <laughs> I was just researching on kind of just tips and ideas how to simplify uh, my home and particularly at the time because the kids toys were kind of the number one trigger so I was googling or I guess YouTubing some ideas how to simplify my home particularly the kids toys and I came across this video uh, it's, it was titled 30 day minimalism hmm. and I was it just got me curious because I know minimalism as a design style Mm-hmm. Um, and I was pretty into it too, growing up um, back in college and in high school too, a little bit. And then, but I never knew minimalism outside the design style context. Gotcha. So yeah, so I watched that video. It led me to a different video, <laughs> to another video. Basically, long story short, I went deep into just researching what minimalism is about as a lifestyle mm-hmm. and as a mindset, I guess, um, as well. So yeah, I went to do a lot of research, watch videos, listen to podcasts. I watched the famous documentary on Netflix, Minimalism by the Minimalists. So I watched that video, follow people on Instagram Mm -hmm. that embrace this lifestyle. And I think I would say I spent about two months, I think, Yeah, in November 2018 was when the time I discovered that 30-day minimalism video, Mm -hmm. and I did my own research and learning about it, and then I brought it up to my husband, we talked about it, and basically starting on that 2019 year, we Mm -hmm. decided to embrace minimalism as a family. Yeah, that, that, that was what what I was going to ask, because I think a lot of people I hear stories of like, usually like the... um, the female, the woman partner hears about minimalism, you know, has heard of Marie Kondo and Mm -hmm. they are really embracing this idea. Um, and then their like husband or male partner is just like, what the heck, why are you throwing away everything? So it's, uh, it's interesting to hear, like you guys kind of were able to talk about it and be on board, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, together. Yeah. I would say that even though I did bring it up to my husband, that uh-huh. the decluttering part of it comes a little slower for my husband. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, we have this thing in our in our relationship, and I guess in our home when it comes to simple living, we call it gray space. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's literally a physical space where I sort of, um, I don't want to say allow because that sounds like really bad, but I <laughs> let my husband to have that space and yeah. have complete control. Um, whether or not he wants to declutter it and whether or not he wants to organize it and however he wants to organize it. And um, at the beginning, it was our basement mm-hmm. and obviously his 
side of the bathroom sink, his closet and the garage were our gray spaces. But um, yeah, other than little physical spaces, it's also just kind of a way for us to respect uh, each other's personal things and boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, we live um, in this house together. We both have the space, right? It's not just up to me how I want to organize this house and then what things can stay in the house or not. It's not fully up to my decision, right? Yeah. It's, it's both of us together. So yeah, it's definitely not always like smooth sailing. It definitely <laughs> takes some conversation. Yeah. Some days to just kind of like, let's just pause for a little bit and we will revisit that space, for example, or that whatever. So yeah, yeah. we call it gray space, gray space. <laughs> I love, I love that idea. And like, just kind of name being able to name that because it's not something that you could, you know, do in an instant. And then, I mean, you could, but then afterwards there could be like a lot of strife and like, there's either, a lot of uh, bitter feelings. <laughs> yes. And maybe like some like outbursts. Yeah. Like, uh, like didn't communicate before and your space mm-hmm. might look great, but your space between you've got you two will not be. Exactly. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's just about uh, communication, but then you're also just honoring each other's spaces and uh, boundaries and personal stuff as well. So yeah. I'm also curious now that we've talked about like you and your husband's uh, kind of communication and relationship with the idea of gray space and um, simple living in your home for your children. I know that you said that they're three and seven. So mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious, I guess a three-year-old probably wouldn't know anything besides, you know, simple living, but yeah. I'm just kind of curious how you, I don't know, teach them or communicate with them about that. Because I know that you had mentioned a little bit earlier about just all the stuff and all the toys and all of that kind of thing. And I'm just kind of curious, like how you kind of frame that for them and Mm -hmm. how you also. So yeah, definitely the kids need to be involved as well because they also live in this house. And I'm pretty thankful for my son because at the time when uh, we first discovered minimalism, it was what, two years ago, he was at the stage where he kind of somewhat was able to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So we definitely had a talk with him that, you know, we do not need all this stuff. And, you know, there are so many other families who are, that will appreciate this toys more than you do, because just the fact that when was the last time you played with that particular toy, right? Yeah, probably like a couple months ago, because we just had so much And one of the things that I learned as well, part of the things that I learned during my research is children don't really need a lot of toys. Mm -hmm. The fact that you, you know, expose them to a lot of toys, it actually feels overwhelming for them. It's almost like decision fatigue. Like you have to constantly decide, oh, what should I play right now? And in turn, because they just feel overwhelmed, then the quality of their play was just bad so they play for with um you know they play with one thing for a few minutes and then they're done and then they just leave it right and then they move on to the next thing play for a couple minutes and then they're done so Mm -hmm. based on all the things that i've read about um just uh toys and then children the less toys actually is better for them it's less overwhelming um they play a lot better in a sense that they are more focused they spend more time playing with one particular toy 
And with less toys as well, it's easier to uh, give them the opportunity to learn to, hey, once you're done with this toy, let's put this back, right? And with less yeah. toys and also, I guess, um, a better organization of the toys itself, mm. it really is help them. So we create uh, an environment where our children can be successful in learning to be responsible in picking or choosing a toy that they want to play with. They play with that toy for however long they want to play with and then to learn to put things back and because there's good organization, they will know like where that particular toy will go to. And obviously it's not a hundred percent a success. <laughs> they're right. still children. They still need to be like, come on guys, no, it's, it's clean up time. <laughs> you know, we're going to yeah. start dinner in 10 minutes, you know, it's clean up time. So, um, yeah, but, um, so definitely had the talk with them and, Hey listeners, some of you may have heard a big part of my story on how I started this podcast. During my day job, I listen to podcasts all day long. The ones I really enjoy are the ones that encompass someone's story and their passions. And since I'm an avid podcast listener, I wanted to start sharing podcasts and podcast episodes that I have enjoyed and that I think you will as well. This week, I want to share with you all a podcast called The Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast with Brittany Moses. This podcast this podcast focuses on integrating faith and the mental health through real conversations at the intersection of both clinical and lived experience, which is hosted by Brittany Moses. Specifically, I wanted to highlight their March 4th episode with guests Christina from the DTR blog and Anthony Perry. If you are not following Christina from the DTR blog, pause this podcast right now and do so. Follow her at the DTR blog on Instagram. She's hilarious and that's how I found this podcast. Anyway, in this episode, Brittany has an honest conversation with Anthony and Christina on how they are processing and healing forward through the news of church scandal and abuse in the church, particularly in this past year. This episode includes discussions on how abusive and narcissistic personalities are given positions of power and how this is being perpetuated and what needs to change. I will link the podcast in the show notes. Initially, uh, when we did our first decluttering, um, it was the toys, the kids' toys, and it was around Christmas time. So it was actually oh, wow. perfect. We were able to sell so many of the toys on Facebook Marketplace. So uh -huh. um, it was it was just perfect timing. But we definitely had the talk, and with my older one, I actually the way I did it was I gave him sticky notes that are mm -hmm. numbered one to ten. Mm -hmm. So I let him basically choose 10 toys that he wants to keep. So he will just kind of paste the sticky notes on the toys or on the bins that they want, that he want, uh, wanted to keep. Okay. And then the rest is based on my decision. So I will know, oh, this toys were, was played like months ago. So that easily that can go. And then I look at the toys. Are there things that I can keep maybe for when my little girl are ready to play with the toys, then I will keep that mm -hmm. toy. So uh, there's a little bit of process in there, but um, we did try to involve them as much as we can. And we talked to my son, my daughter at the time, she was only one year old. Yeah. <laughs> she had zero clue. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, mess, let's move things around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was the toy for her at the time. Um, yeah, but yeah, we did try to, you know, include our son at the time as much as possible. And he kind of... Uh, understood and we involved them in you know you can choose 10 toys that you wanted to keep and then the rest is just up to us so um yeah that's just how we did it with um our children 
I really like that idea of giving um, him like the 10 sticky notes to kind of mm-hmm. like make it his, his um, you know, decision, his choice, like responsibility for that, I think is mm-hmm. really um, a, an awesome kind of lesson and just giving him that ownership into that. Like, what are the things you want to play with? And then of course you as a mom, you can see the things, you know, like he hasn't played with this forever. Yeah. So it's got to go. <laughs> that when yeah. you were talking, it reminded me of two things. Uh, the first was one of my friends, when she had her uh, first son, she, he was just playing with like a cup and maybe a spoon or something. And she was like, I mean, we don't really, I remember her saying specifically, like, we don't really like need that many toys because Mm -hmm. literally, I think maybe he was like around a year or something. She's like, yeah, he's just playing with this and he's just as happy as if he had like all of those other things. And I, when you were kind of talking about that, that kind of triggered that um, memory for me of just like being of how many times do you see like little kids going in the kitchen and, you know, pulling out all the pots and pans and just, um, you know, experimenting with like the sounds of them, the sizes or, you know, weights of how happy they are and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it definitely seems like, oh, this is messy. We've got to put this away. But it's also kind of like a, just a more like simple way of just having them explore like these are actual things that you will, you know, be be using in the future and that you see me using all the time. But you're getting to like, you know, experiment with them yeah. almost. And then also to the second thing I was thinking about was I, I'm not sure because I haven't done a lot of personal research, but I think I, I could be wrong, but <laughs> I think that, I don't know if you, there's uh Monte, Montessori schools. And mm-hmm. I think that part of their like philosophy is kind of just to have like maybe, you know, five to 10, you know, toy options out for children to play with. And then the rest of the toys being like put put away and maybe every week or whatever rotating basis they have to switch the toys out. So the kids have like those five to 10 choices, but it's also being changed up. So it's also like I, when you were talking about like the the development, I remember Mm -hmm. um, learning and hearing about that um, a while back, but I don't know if I have all my facts right, but it's, it sounds, sounds like it's about right. (laughs) No, you got it right. Yeah. I love Montessori approach. And actually when my um, son was little, we were able to send him to a Montessori school. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And then when he was a toddler, um, they had a parent and toddler program. So I was there with him and was able to have a lot of conversation with the teacher. And then she's just sharing a lot of good um, Montessori things that we can do at home mm-hmm. um, with our son at the time because um, yeah my son just he was really thriving in that Montessori environment so the teacher was just so excited and she was like oh you can do this too at home to kind of just encourage certain um, skill you know to continue to develop at home mm-hmm. without having to come to the school and then do that parent-toddler program. So I just got really interested in it. I first learned about Montessori uh, back in college because I did uh, psychology and I noticed the students who were like the top students, the ones who always kind of engage in conversation, ask amazing questions, were the ones who um, had some kind of Montessori education growing up. So yeah, that was like, 
I need to <laughs> look into this Montessori thing as well when I have my own. And yeah, that's the whole philosophy about um, Montessori to just display a certain amount of um, activity or works, they call it works, so that it's less overwhelming for um, the students. But it's also, um, especially for the younger ones, they have this thing called practical life um, works. So it's all about like scooping some beans from one bowl to another. Mm-hmm. Um, pouring water, uh, pouring your own um, cup of water, grabbing your own snacks. So it revolves around just practical life, the things that we do at home as an adult that they can, the these little ones can mimic and learn all this different fine motor skill, gross motor skill, mm-hmm. you know, about textures, weight, um, sensory stuff. So yeah, it's it's amazing stuff, Montessori approach. <laughs> Yeah, I've we don't have any kids yet, but I like kept that kind of in the back of my head. And then also mm-hmm. just with, you know, different different things work for different people, but I just really like that kind of approach to the the toys because sometimes, you know, you'll walk into a toy room and it is like overwhelming. So I and this also leads me to another question for you because you had mentioned that you had started this approach two years ago or so, um, right before Christmas time. Thank you so much for listening to us each week as we have our awesome guests come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. I'm so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these real conversations every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your car, your Google Home, your Alexa, wherever you listen. Thank you so much, friend. I am truly grateful for you. Can you all do me a favor? If you have not already subscribed to the podcast yet, would you do that in whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on today? If you're already subscribed, thank you so much, friend. I truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. I would love it if you would share the show with a friend. I find about so many shows through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you have found out about this show through a friend sharing it with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever podcast player or app you're listening to us on? Thank you. I know these things may seem super small and tiny, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a written review, but they make a huge difference on how new listeners find the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. So I was wondering if you could share like anything that you've learned like around, because I think one thing um, just in general for, for people and for kids are like, you know, the tradition of, you know, giving gifts and I guess just the kind of like, I don't know if you guys have, I'm just curious if you have changed your like approach on that or yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess if you, uh, your, your minimalism, simple living gift giving, uh, shift, if there was any. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So, you know, part of learning about minimalism, there's this saying too, um, that experiences over stuff. Mm -hmm. There's that saying experiences over stuff. And that also very, like they, that saying just really stood out to me because again, when I look back to my own childhood, most things that I remember about my childhood is like all the experiences that we had, right? The good right. moments, the not so great moments, the eight, 10 hour drive to visit my grandparents, you know, and um, it's all about these things. And I remembering that and the saying experiences over stuff, that is so true. So mm-hmm. uh, starting that year, actually, we change our Christmas tradition. Usually we would uh, get you know, a few gifts for um, our son at the time. 
um, and then they, he, they, he would receive gifts from grandparents back home and then some friends here, you know, from school friends and whatnot. So it was just a traditional, like a lot of gifts under the tree um, scenario, usually right. Christmas time. But um, that year learning about minimalism and then that experiences truly matter so much more we created new traditions so and this is our third year actually doing this and okay. yeah my son always just got so excited <laughs> this year he started talking about it in October oh wow even before <laughs> Halloween he was like I can't wait for Christmas and for doing this the ice cream with Christmas sprinkles and we Aww. do the yeah the Santa chocolate hunt and the Christmas craft time and you know it's just it's it, it's very confirming and it's very like heartwarming at the same time to, mm. okay, what we're trying to teach him actually works. So yeah, we basically, when it comes to gift giving, we had a conversation with, I spoke to my parents and then my husband spoke to his parents that mm. we just try to not make it all about the gifts anymore. But then if they choose to still give our kids something that we're not gonna completely say no to that. But what we do is we keep those gifts Mm -hmm. And we just kind of take it out, kind of just spread it throughout the year kind mm -hmm. of thing. Maybe one for his birthday, an extra one for his birthday, and then one in the summer during summer break or something like that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so definitely had the conversation with the parents and the family. And then with our group of friends, we started doing Secret Santa. So instead of uh, one family buying seven, eight gifts for everybody, we mm -hmm. just do Secret Santa. So one child will give um gift to another child and so that's what we did and we just made our Christmas um, month or tradition just very focused on experiences so we make this list of uh, Christmas countdown we have things uh, to do this year we do things on the odd dates uh -huh. so on the even dates we do the um, Santa chocolate hunt so we would hide this uh -huh. tiny uh, Santa chocolate around the house and they would hunt for it and then we'll be able to eat them. Um, That's so yeah, but cute. Just, yeah. And it's even simple things that we do. We, um, we make Christmas cards, just simple crafts. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some years I come up with my own crafts ideas. Some year I just kind of buy uh, from the dollar store or from Target, right. just their dollars, the dollar spot mm -hmm. um, area. And then uh, we bake cookies, just simple cookies. Yeah. We eat uh, ice cream with uh, Christmas sprinkles. Uh, we sleep by the tree. Uh, we write birthday cards to Jesus, you know. So it's just these little things every other day we take. And now with COVID, we do drive through holiday light show just last night. Um, so things have to look a little differently this year right. because of COVID. But it doesn't mean that we cannot enjoy um, the season too. So yeah, that's how our Christmas tradition has changed basically uh, before minimalism and after learning about minimalism and just realizing that experiences do matter so much more and they leave such an impression mm -hmm. and hopefully he will remember it. They will remember it until they're older and just carry that feeling, you know, as they're growing up. I really like that idea because it really ties back to um, the beginning part of your story about um, how you shared about growing up uh, you remembering just like the times that you had 
the memory specifically just with your family, mm-hmm. not um, the things that you got necessarily. And I really like that idea. Um, I saw, similarly, I saw a friend that I follow on Instagram as well. She had a little kind of like activity similar to like your activity. So every day it was in, I think just like a simple like paper bag, but it had like, you know, the number of the day on there. And so one day it would be like watching the Grinch movie and having Mm -hmm. hot cocoa. And the next day would be like the lights, like you were saying, or making Christmas ornaments. But like every day, I love that idea of every, every day or every couple of days having like a specific thing so you don't have I think that kind of goes back to what you were talking about like decision fatigue of like a little bit of planning and that helps Mm -hmm. you to be able to have like a more calm time and enjoy the moment that you're in friends I have really enjoyed hearing part one of Aurora's story about her life and her passions and what life looked like as she learned about simple living and how she began the life shift to become a minimalist mama. I hope that we are all encouraged today from part one of Aurora's story and how she began slowly but surely decluttering her her life and going room by room and also giving room for grace space. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And I will see you back here next Tuesday with part two with Aurora from simply.rory. That is at S-I-M-P-L-E-E dot R-O-R-Y. Hey friends, you've just listened to the No Returns podcast with Audrey Lickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host and I'm so happy that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday. We have some awesome guests come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Returns pod with Audrey Hunter on your podcast player so you guys will never miss an episode.